Poetry Month continues on Scribble. Welcome to Scribble, 30 minutes of conversation, comments, and reviews on reading and writing, editing, publishing, and selling books. I'm Rebecca Wee. And I'm Don Wooten. Joe Chambers is our next April poet. He's here today on Scribble. Joe, it's been a while since I've seen you. Yes, it's good to see you. Thanks. Well, you still go to Quad City Poets meetings, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have not been as uh, regular in my attendance, but I've gotten back in the habit here just, just this last month. So oh, I missed you. a lot of them. And we did a lot of them online. Uh-huh. And then I had some, uh, I wasn't very mobile for a few months at the end of last year, but uh, now up and going and uh, oh, back at the meetings, back at the library. Yeah, well, I'm not mobile at all, so uh, that's why I don't go. <laughs> Although I miss it. Yeah. I miss, uh, well, not just the camaraderie, but the hearing what people are doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because uh, there's some very interesting poets in that group. Yeah. That's yes. one of the cool things about, I think of the Quad Cities as kind of a small town. I guess it's four smallish towns, mm-hmm. but my mother was part of a the Northfield Women Poets, from the time I can remember, it was basically the wives of St. Olaf and Carlton mm, faculty, okay. and they were smart, and they were talented, and they didn't have jobs. They had kids. <laughs> and um, so my childhood, I just remember it was always at someone's house. It was once a week. They're still doing it all really? these wow, years that's later. Cool. That's cool. And. Yeah. It was exactly for those reasons they yeah. had. They, well, the Quint City Poets are a little more retiring. They only meet once a month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they've done this for every, yeah. every week. And I think that's where I first met you probably when I was new in the Quad Cities was I went a couple of times to the Quint City Poets. Either that or at the Midwest Writing Center uh conference, the summer oh, conference, sure. the David Collins writing conference. I can't remember which. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well yeah. it's, uh, <clears throat> anyway, we're meeting here tonight <laughs> and uh, today, this noon, whenever, whenever this plays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, lose sight of the fact that this is one of the programs that's also on, uh, what do they call it, a podcast or yeah. something? Yep. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't go away. No. <laughs> Whatever we say, for good or ill, it's, there it is. <laughs> Will haunt us <laughs> well, that was for the many thing, years. That was the thing that scared me about writing is, you know, if you write mm-hmm. something, it never goes away. <laughs> and now we're in the same boat with radio. There you go. <laughs> Joe, what prompted you into poetry? I'm not sure. Um, I, uh, you know, in college, I think I was the only... I'm pretty sure I was the only second semester biochem student who scurried across the river at the University of Iowa to go to a Shakespeare class on the Pentecrest. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure I was the only one making that mad dash. Uh, so I've always liked poetry and verse. And then it just, I don't know, I think, actually in my journal, I think I remember sometime in 2002, I just, you know, I just, I just want to start doing this. 
Mm-hmm. And I just started keeping a journal and writing and trying to write poems. Oh, that's and, funny. Okay. And, it, um, and it's just continued since. So well, April years. is Shakespeare's month. <laughs> oh, there you go. The 23rd. Yeah. What I yeah. like about that is they kind of finagled it that this was his birthday. They don't really know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were sure he died on the 23rd, so they why not be born on the same date? <laughs> but it's also the Feast of St. George, the patron saint of England. Ah. Who never existed. Is that the dragon slayer? <laughs> <laughs> A mythical patron saint. I love it. Like Genesius. (laughs) Joe, uh, you started writing poetry fairly early on. What prompts you to keep going? I just like doing it, and it helps me me process ideas. It helps me think about the world and kind of my place in it. Um, It helps me. uh, It's interesting. I, I got in a spell where I was writing about my parents, uh, both long gone. and mm. But I wrote for days in my journal. I, mean, I filled pages and pages and pages. And just kind of processing some of that thing, some of that information, and thinking back as an adult about experiences that I had as a child and, and the relationships. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I just I just find it it's a, a, a means of expression that I just enjoy. You know, yeah. it's true that when you write something down, it alters the way you think about it, I think so. and it fixes itself better in your memory. Yeah, I think so. I don't know why that is. That's why <clears throat> I am all against the Internet and stuff. I <laughs> like to get stuff down on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for those of us who are visual, I think that's real important. Yeah. It is for me. And for yeah. poetry, because it has a shape, you know, the, mm-hmm. the f- mm-hmm. you can, yes, listen to fantastic performances and not have to read it, but... Yeah, there are people who are so visual that you kind of want well, to see the, where a line breaks. Well, that's the thing that knocks me out is the visual aspect of written poetry. Now, uh, E.E. E. Cummings, for example, I think mm-hmm. was started that, and uh, well, he was early on, and poems have all kinds of different shapes. Yep. I have always been, you know, left margin guy mm-hmm. all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I was for a long time, and then I... I think I took an online class, oh. and, and um, uh, I think it was, if I remember right, it was through the um, International Writers Program at the University of Iowa, okay. and they had a poet was talking about the use of the whole page. Yeah. And I had heard that in some of the Midwest Writing Center mm-hmm. conferences and seminars that I'd been to, but it, but it really hit home, and, and, and it can affect the meaning, I think. It can affect the, the voice of the poem very much the way you space the words on the page. Yeah. And so that's something... you. You need the you, the visual matters. The white space, yeah, is, the use of it is but there. I, for I a get reason. confused when a sentence runs to the end of a line, and then the last word of that sentence is on the next line, <laughs> and I think, how am I supposed to read this? <laughs> the experience, I think, at least as a someone who writes and likes doing that, it. It is that you know that the sentence is continuing because you don't have a period or anything, but you don't know for that little split second where it's headed. You have this moment of um, what? That, that you're suspense. just. Suspense, yeah. It's yeah. a good way to put it. And then, you know, it's a split second. You're down there reading mm-hmm. it, but you have a moment. And of course, the poet usually could put it up on that line and put a period right. there, and it would be. Um, we talk about poetry, though, as something you should hear. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
I think, how can you hear a shape on a page? Well, it's, well uh, that's another element of it, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's got multi-dimensions, and people um, sort of na- they are taken by one over another. Some people just have to be able to see it, and other people don't care what it looks like on the page. I have to hear it. I need yeah. to hear yeah. someone. Well, speaking of hearing, oh, yes. uh, <laughs> Joe, uh, we ask you to bring some poems uh, have you picked some out for us? Yeah, I'd like to read one, uh, you know, speaking of parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is one I wrote, um, and it appeared in Lyric Iowa, which is an uh, Iowa Poetry Association uh, yep. a publication that comes out each year. Um, this one's called The End. I run to catch mom, race walking downtown for back-to-school sales. Her two sons need jeans for school. Her three toddlers can wear hand-me-downs. Mom's long gone, but I remember. A milky way of memories trails through a milky way of memories trails through my night sky, seen from a planet orbiting one of billions of stars, a moat in a stardust trail that leads back to the Big Bang. Bang bang, you're alive until your memory. Earth might still orbit our white dwarf sun in five billion years, water evaporated. Pulse of seawater over sand, gone. Pulse of salt water through aorta, gone. Mantra of a planet's evolution inhaled, exhaled by our universe that expands at the speed of memory. Mm. Boy, that moved. Yeah, isn't that interesting? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It starts with the memory and the image from childhood and then turns into, as you say, you're kind of working something out with the poem. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's true that uh, sometimes, I think it's Hamlet says, sickly door with a pale cast of thought. And, uh, but thought, you start thinking about things and think deeply mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. You really can experience a wide range of emotions, panic, mm-hmm. contentment, <laughs> wonder. Yeah. All sorts of things. Very, yeah. It creates yeah. a very real experience yeah, yeah, that's in your true. mind. And science uh, does its best to explain things to us, but it never gives us a why. Yeah. Hmm. And that is the thing, I think, that just teases at us over and over again. Yeah. So your parents led you back to the Big Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. that's the fun of doing it, isn't it? You start with something, but you don't necessarily know where you're going and where you're going to end. Yeah, how many times have you written a poem and you know where it's going, and if you actually go where you think it's going to go, you end up with a really boring, stilted poem. Yeah. <laughs> but you start out with something else and you go, wait a minute, I didn't expect that. Oh, this is this. I like this. Yeah. It's It yeah. seems to be almost a uh, – I mean, it's almost a, uh, a stereotype or, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. a cliche that if – the poem never goes where you think it's going to go when you're writing it. Yeah. yeah. I've been struggling for the last two or three weeks with a simple essay on uh, Bishop Maurice Nyngman, who was a friend of mine, later became Bishop of Des Moines. I kind of lost track of him. And then he won the Pontchaman Terrace Award, and I wondered what was that for. And then they asked me to write about him because I knew him, but I didn't know him that well, so yeah. I wrote a biography, and I thought, wow, mm-hmm. this guy was absolutely amazing but he his his amazing accomplishments were based on the things i knew about him he was a humble gentle man 
who listened carefully and loved to discuss things. Mm-hmm. Those, are not all, those are not always common traits in leaders. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't. When he went to Des Moines, they were, a lot of people did not welcome him because they knew he was a, a post-Second Vatican Council mm-hmm. bishop. Mm-hmm. But boy, did he change that diocese. And for the better. They still remember him. They give a local Dingman Peace Award every year. Hmm. A group of people who worked with him starting back in 1981. Oh, I didn't know that. That's quite a tribute. Another poem, Joe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don is calling for for your art. Um, Well, this this is one I wrote uh, a few years ago. Soup is a place where flavor lingers in the kitchen, strolls through the dining room, climbs oak stairs to our bedroom. Soup is a neighborhood, row houses with porches, where neighbors greet each other, where CSI reruns, amen break mixes, arguments and lovemaking penetrate doors and walls. Soup is a metropolis, industrial and retail, central city and suburbs, Celery, garlic, oregano, chili, ginger, cinnamon, ham, chicken, beef, and lamb, miso, minestrone, albondigas, mulligatawny, borscht, vichyssoise, and bean with bacon. Its streets don't have traffic signals. Its buses and taxis always run. Winter nights, I ride them home. I like that. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it... it it sort of highlights these wonderful names we have for soup, and it's a catalog poem, so it's a list. Yeah, I know, like list this, poems. I mean, there's something too. about that that I kind of find uh, appealing. And, yep. you know. Well, the whole idea of soup is a combination of things, mm-hmm. but the influence of that combination penetrates everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Of course, yeah. for me, it's bacon, but <laughs> <laughs> the smell of bacon and eggs in the morning could fill yeah. the house. Yeah. And fill me with joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That, how yeah. did you ever get that idea? Um, I, I actually think it came out of a, a of an evening with soup on the pot in the kitchen, <laughs> and just the, how that smell per, permeates the air, yeah. and and the the different how everything, all these different ingredients go in and mesh and and create a whole that's different than uh-huh. the individual components, and yeah. That's been so. our ideal in society, where all the different components flow together mm-hmm. and yeah. in combination make something wonderful. Make a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. sometimes that works. <laughs> we have a hard time of that in human society. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. It's just You look at that and you think, what is wrong with us? <laughs> Why can't we just blend? We just need to take a lesson from soup. There you go. <laughs> A very mundane thing. We're better a, together. A profound lesson to teach. Yeah. No, and that's part of the fun of it, too, that you just take, yeah, a moment of, I'm going to eat some good soup tonight, and it takes you somewhere, and yeah. suddenly you're writing. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I really like that, Joe. <laughs> Thanks. The Thanks. Thing, thing I like about it is what I like about really good poetry. It stimulates other thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've mentioned too many times, I used to tell students poems like a grenade. You pull the pen and all sorts of things come out. Mm-hmm. 
And I believe that's true. Yeah. And, and yeah. different things for different readers or listeners mm -hmm. because you're bringing mm -hmm. your own being and your history and what you care about. So, you know, a room full of students listening to the same poem and they go so many different directions. Right, right. Yeah, and, that's true. And that's good. I mean, that's that's exactly that's part of the poem is, the, is what happens in the people who hear it or read yep. it. Yeah. The exchange yeah. from yeah. the person who wrote it and those who are receiving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, take us in another direction, Joe. <laughs> Do you have another poem? Um, sure, I could read. Uh, well, this this is one that's not quite seasonal. We've, uh, but it's close. Um, this one's called "Be Clouded." Cloud pieces fluttered down all day, left our city overcast with six inches of snow that now swirls drifts, erases sidewalks and roads. Tomorrow, engines will rumble, steel blades will scrape, pile snow along streets, driveways, and sidewalks. But tonight, snow clouds dance across the land, past swaying trees that regret their roots. Oh, cool. That is very... A nice last line. Yeah, I like the clouds falling. That's a... Uh... You know, the clouds to me remain the most interesting and mysterious things in the world. Yeah. If you could weigh a cloud, it would break your scales. There's mm -hmm. so much water in mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. and yet there they go. They're floating in the yes. sky. Float through yeah. the sky, and yeah. when they decide, okay, let's let go of some of this, <laughs> yeah. and you never know under what circumstances that'll happen. Well, in those winter days, it seems like the clouds come all the way, you know, when it's getting ready to snow. It just seems like the way clouds down. come all the way to the ground. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like there's nothing but cloud above the ground, and... Uh, I saw a great photograph that was one of those accidental things. It was taken during a thunderstorm. Scientists, meteorologists long time ago told us that lightning can start from the ground rather than from the cloud, you know, and it meets. And there's a picture of a lightning bolt striking a lightning rod, but there are three other lightning rods in the picture that have lightning coming up. About 10 feet and stopping. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What a picture. Yeah. The, yep. Who was lucky enough to get this <laughs> to get picture? That. Yeah. Yeah. Probably lucky enough because they spent eight hours there with a the camera waiting, waiting for waiting, that exact waiting. moment. Yeah. <laughs> How long does it take you to write a poem? Oh, it depends. It depends. They don't very often pop right out. Um, so I, I kind of like, from as I type them, and I like to kind of keep track of when I wrote it and when I edited it. And so if you uh, if you look at the page like Soup is a Place and you look at here's the date that I wrote it and then here's the dates that I revised it, these two lines. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah. this other, this last one, here's the issue and then here's the, the, the edits. And So uh, you actually keep track on the page of what you change. If you add or if you take something out? Nope, I don't. Oh, you don't. I just keep track of um, when. I oh, just keep okay. track of the. I used to do that, and it just got to be. Oh, I had too much trouble keeping track. That's of a it. lot of work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, revising can be. Don't you ever get a poem that is just perfect the first time? Um, I think maybe like once ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty common. I think most yeah. poets that I yeah. know will say, "Yeah, yeah. one time, some it just came." Yeah, you know, it was just I, one of our writers. Uh, 
in the uh, Quint City Poets, and, and you know who I'm talking about. She writes, she sits down the night before our meeting and she writes these beautiful poems mm. month after month after month, just writes them. No, no, no drafts, no edits. But I find that to be very, very, very unique. I don't know anybody else that doesn't make lots of changes and need to make lots of changes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Well, I will not embarrass Catherine Searle by giving you her name. <laughs> we had her on I know, yeah. the, the first of these poet uh, programs this month. Oh, good. And it, it is true. She would read these poems, and I would be so deeply moved by it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, how does she do this? Yeah. And then when you find out that sometimes she just, oh, the meeting is tomorrow. I better write something. <laughs> well, so that's a good example, maybe, of uh, a deadline serving a really yeah. good purpose, yeah. because I've got students that do that, too, where they, they just put it off, put it off, put it off, but when it's due... The- they rise to the yeah, occasion, yeah, and yeah. others who cannot work that way. I think we're all a little bit that way. Yeah, <laughs> needed something, to, some kind of impetus to get actually get going. But. So, was the title of the cloud poem was it one word? Be clouded. That's or? how I've written it. Yeah, okay. and I'm I'm still not sure if that's. I I still may edit that title. Well, I like <laughs> it, and I wasn't sure whether it was like an imperative. Be clouded. Ah, you know. Against, yeah. um, or whether it was the title here. Well, right? and actually, Don, this is one. Um, uh, this is one that actually does drift across the page, uh, oh, and yeah. you can't see that on the radio. But it is. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted to get that sense. I'll hold it up to the microphone. Yes, so. there. Can everyone <laughs> see? Yeah, you do that. <laughs> the white space is wonderful. Yeah. But you know, it almost looks like clouds. Yeah. That's well, I was what hoping it, is. it would create the sense of the yeah. movement. Yeah. That's that's sort of. Uh, Boy, look at the revisions in there. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why can't you leave these things alone, Joe? <laughs> well, part of it is take. I, I will going to a group, taking a poem to a group, you get a lot of comments. Yeah. And, and so yeah. that helps. I find that that helps a lot in terms of getting some, oh, oh, yeah, here's some ideas that could be done differently. Or in some cases, it's just, yeah, you got that spelled wrong or you, you mispunctuated yeah. yep. that. But, but it... it so I, that's that's partly why I can't leave it alone, and partly because I just I just want to make them better. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, yeah. I the frustrating thing for me is I think when I would pass out a poem, people wouldn't say much, and I thought it's because they want to be kind to the newcomer, the guy who doesn't know what he's doing. And uh, I was looking for occasionally they'd pick a word or something. And, but uh, I thought, this is not fair, guys. We weren't beating up on you enough, huh? No, not, <laughs> not at all. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> Dale Hockey said, oh, he had, had a lot of things to say, and he would do it later. That was, what, four or five years ago? It's <laughs> <laughs> a deadline. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do you have uh, any other poems you brought? Um, well, this, yeah, this is one. I, I this, was, this is sort of a, uh, a positive take on an event that, was very tumultuous, and and not all aspects of it was po- were positive. But this is, um, this one has an epigram where a billboard it, where a billboard quotes Maya Angelou, "Still I Rise," yeah. and yeah. the title of the poem is "Uptown." Square holes and storefronts, 
Empty canisters of tear gas breathe wisps of scent. Sharp, scattered shards that poke from frames and sparkles on sidewalk the only remnants of plate glass shattered uptown Minneapolis night. Beige plywood rectangles line a block, billboards that advertise a riot. Plywood, opaque as paper copies of, paper, of police reports, made from peeled, bound-together woods not pretty enough for display, grain of each layer perpendicular to the next, together, more stronger, more durable. All week, crowds assemble uptown. Plywood explodes in color, words, faces. Maya Angelou calls out history's bitter, twisted lies. At Penzi's, time and basil embrace hope. Artists join to do the right thing. Fifty murals turn uptown storefronts into a George Floyd memorial. Hope uprises like air. Mm-hmm. Wow. Beautiful. Boy, that's a, that's a collision of ideas yep. and images yep. that uh, takes a little thinking about. Well, it was kind of an event that was a collision of a lot of ideas. Yeah, it was. It was an event that was a collision of a lot of ideas and images. And, and emotions. And, 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 yeah, and yep. Yeah, heartfelt. And the need to do something, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. write something. Mm-hmm. To... Well, that's yeah. what's so frustrating. When something goes terribly wrong, you think, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And the answer generally is not much. Yeah. Yeah. If we, uh, the only instrument we have to hand is the boat. That's it. And there's so many people hard at work to corrupt your thinking. Mm-hmm. When you're going to vote, yeah, yeah, and only getting more so. But this, yeah. I, I was really impressed. I reading about the artists who came together to to paint the the plywood that was over the storefront windows in Minneapolis, and then the yeah. and then it was so successful and so well received that they ended up saving that plywood, and and they have they've had subsequent exhibits of it, like as a mural, a, like as, a, a big. A collection traveling of yeah, thing. it was yeah. like a traveling mm-hmm. mirror, like a yeah. Basically, you could walk through the the streets and see a you know basically walking by a a collection of murals. Very yeah, cool. So and that's the thing that impresses me. There is so much innate ability in so many people. Yeah, I remember when uh, I can't remember his name now. Oh, the uh, stevedore poet that uh, Eric Severide uncovered. He talked about being taken with a truckload of men during the Depression and dumped out in the desert mm. to kind of build a town and undertake a project. Wow. And they discovered that in that collection of men, there was every talent they needed, <laughs> every skill they needed to form a city out there in the barren ways. Wow. From just and a random collection that they grabbed off the street. Random collection of people. Wow. And there are people who are able to paint. <laughs> to sing, to uh, write poetry, do things of that sort. And uh, I'm always amazed we Mm -hmm. could uh, cast an opera from the singers in this community. We have. And we haven't had to make any compromises. Find actors whose ability just knocks me out. And I think, where did this come from? We have this, we have these abilities in all of us, and quite often, there is no occasion that calls it forth. Uh, 
So, you know. Other than your own passion for it or your own need to cook something or write something or paint something, um, but no audience, maybe. Is that what you're thinking? Where or do you go with it? Take a bowl of soup to the end of the world. It's, uh, uh-huh. have, a, have your parents take you back to the big bag. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Joe, really appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you. And I urge you to keep writing. <laughs> And say hello to the bunch at Quinn City Poets for me, will you? I will do that. Thank you. Okay. And that'll about do it for this week's session, but these things have a habit of going on. So we hope you'll come back. Rebecca, we and I will be with you again next week for another edition of Scribble. Scribble.